very passionate about people who are the best kept secret in their field. I'm, I'm passionate about them having a voice in the online space because they typically get overlooked. You know, so figure out what you're passionate about and just share that because there's always going to be someone who's going to relate to that. True, true. You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life for the life and stories of Black women of drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. In this episode, we have someone who is an amazing marketing strategist and we talk about her work but we also talk more broadly than that and I'm looking forward to meeting her she has so much energy and she has just a radiance about her I think you'll hear it in her voice and so I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with you and I'll tell you a bit more about her in a minute um I wanted to just address because I didn't at the last episode I wanted to address something that you may have noticed if you're a listener who've been listening for a while, you may have noticed that I had tried in the, some previous episodes to try out a new intro to the podcast. And uh, we changed the music. We changed the way we did the intro. We did, you know, we designed it that way. And I just thought, you know, we I've been doing the same intro since 2017. Let me change it up. And um and then, so I did that for about three or four episodes. And then as I was listening to, I had to backtrack and listen to one of the episodes for something. And as I listened to it, I thought, you know what? I miss the beginning of the podcast. And I miss the, I miss like the familiarity, but I also miss really declaring what this podcast is about up front so that you also know what you're listening to and um, particularly if you're a new listener joining so I'm sharing that for two reasons just to kind of address the fact that it didn't just you know that it was intentional and then we've gone back to I decided to go back to how I d- I've done it before but the other thing is um, I want to share it as sometimes we can test things out we can um, try something different. But if it's not really working for you, if you think actually it doesn't, that is not an improvement. I thought it was going to be an improvement and it's not an improvement. I thought it was going to be an upgrade and it's not really an up. It doesn't feel like an upgrade. It doesn't feel like it's fulfilling the um, intention. It is fine to go either back to the way that you were doing it before or just, or just to acknowledge that you tried it out and it didn't work. And I'm sharing that because sometimes people get stuck with, now that I've changed it, I have to keep rolling with the change, even though I'm not happy with the change. You actually don't. You actually don't have to keep rolling with the change. If it's not working for you, it's not working for you, right? So it's fine to say, I tried that. Actually, that was an upgrade. I'm going to go back to how it was. It's fine to do that. So I'm, I decided to, to just like address that, number one. And number two, just share that as a moment of us learning that we don't have to stay stuck in our decisions. <laughs> we absolutely don't. And if in fact, keeping it moving and keeping flow is far more important. So, so there we are. Okay, so let me tell you about Deborah. 
With over 300 million in sales and opportunities generated for brands, Deborah is an award-winning marketing strategist known for her innovative approach to building brand awareness using LinkedIn. She has worked with hundreds of organizations and leaders to define and build awareness around their competitive advantage. Today, she is affectionately known as the LinkedIn Black Belt for the simple but powerful strategy she develops for her clients and to stand out and the weekly game plans that she shares for her LinkedIn audience. A serial entrepreneur and former board member of the Atlanta chapter of the National Black MBA Association. She's also been featured in the Oprah Magazine, New York Times and various podcasts and obviously on on spoken on many stages and conferences. I give you Deborah Ashley. Well, hello there. How are you? Hi, Deborah. How are you doing? Fabulous. You look wonderful. Thank you. Always Thank you. do. You always look so vibrant and well, lively. Gotta keep myself motivated. <laughs> so deborah thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on she's got drive thanks for having me here shirley i'm so excited i'm really good really look, looking forward to our conversation because my experience of you when when we've like have had conversations or when i've seen you speak is you've got you have a vibrancy you have an energy you have a passion and it's really evident and so um, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So let's start with um, you sharing with our listeners like what you do and how you came to do what you do. Absolutely. Um, I am, I've always been in marketing. I'm a marketing strategist with, with, strategist with a focus on LinkedIn marketing. So I help mm-hmm. my clients leverage LinkedIn to win new business, to increase the amount of targeted, highly valued leads that they get and really develop a presence on LinkedIn that positions them as an industry leader. The way that this was born, and I, you know, this is a lot of us, we never realized that LinkedIn was this place uh, necessarily for anything other than resumes and recruiters. Right. Before I had a LinkedIn presence for the longest time, we all set up like, you know, like a resume. Mm -hmm. I was working in the corporate world. Like I said, I've always been in marketing. And then one day, and this is really after a point where, you know how you're doing all of the things and, um, you know, in other people's eyes, it looks like you're successful, but you're really not fulfilled. Right. It doesn't, it feels like, okay, something's missing. This can't be it, you know? So I've had other businesses in the past and, but they've only been like part-time where I've worked on the side. So it came to a point where I was trying to think about, okay, I live in the Tampa Bay area. I moved from, I was in New York and I lived in Atlanta before where I had a, I had a personal shopping business in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, it's, can I start something like that in the Tampa Bay area? Then I reminded myself, I don't really like shopping. <laughs> uh, so how did, wait, 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 wait. How do you end up as a personal shopping business and you don't like shopping? I think what I love doing is I love the client attraction piece. So okay. I love building the business. I love gaining the clients, but um, ideally, you know, if we think about a business model of a company, I should be the one gaining the business and I have personal shoppers on the side. Right. The busy work is not really what I enjoy doing. So I was trying to think of something that I could do in the Tampa Bay area. Couldn't really think of anything. And this is a point where I just started to share content on um, Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I was still in my, you know, nine to five. Uh, I was, you know, I've been in the uh, corporate world for 20 years. 
So I was just sharing uh, marketing tips and marketing strategies on Instagram. And one day someone tagged me on a post. Um, someone was looking for help with their marketing online. And I was like, okay, and I never knew anything about this. So I was like, okay, wait a minute. There's this world online that exists of these business owners that they've never met you before, but they trust you with their marketing. Right. Uh, so that's kind of, that opened the door for me to start to think of some things. Um, so I started to explore it um, even more. I found like a cool little tribe of other people who were from the corporate world and they were doing, it was like, I started out as a social media manager. That's when I realized once again, I don't like the busy work. <laughs> so um, I started to get busy. I was definitely undercharging, started to get busy. And I eventually just, you know, gave my notice, you know, transferring from the corporate world to the online world, which was really, really scary. So started doing that on Instagram. Um, then I found out about the same type of um, atmosphere on Facebook. Then one day I went on to um, LinkedIn just to update my profile to say that I had transitioned from the corporate world into mm -hmm. doing what I'm doing now. Two days later, someone reached out and they wanted help with a marketing plan. And once again, I'm shocked. You know, what is this whole thing? So I really started to spend some time on LinkedIn. I can tell you I was really intimidated by LinkedIn. So I was spending time on Facebook. However, I was spending, you know, I was spending the majority of time on Facebook, but I spent some time on LinkedIn too. Right. I started to um, encounter one thing for me, and I don't know if it's because I'm a Leo or the youngest child, but I'm a big advocate of people not being taken advantage of. Okay. Uh, we see a lot in the online space. So I, I started to see these people. There's a lot of that in the online space. Yes. Yes. You're overnight. I, I watched three webinars and I'm an expert. Right. Um, so I started to see people sharing insight about LinkedIn and strategy. And I'm, you know, my mind, I'm like, that's not correct. So I'm the type that I speak up. So I, then I started to share my own information and people got excited about it. And they called me the LinkedIn black belt, the queen of LinkedIn. Yeah. And it was a cool thing. Right. Right. started to reach out to me to figure out because they, they saw the rise they saw me start to build my brand mm -hmm. uh, others start to others started to reach out to me to ask how they could get help with um you know uh increasing their brand presence on linkedin and that's where i decided to dive all the way in and just focus on linkedin 100 percent wow and so if you think in terms of your time timeline when did you leave your corporate um job to now like what's the period of time this that this trajectory has happened it was about it was about eight years ago i right. probably waste i'm not going to say waste because there's a lesson in everything right um i spent maybe a, a year and a half um thinking i knew what i was doing but i didn't um you know i don't know if anyone else had this mindset but one thing i can say for all of your listeners if you are transitioning into the online space get a coach. Um, so initially, you know, I, I just figured out my backgrounds in marketing. Of course, I knew what I was doing, but I didn't. Um, I wasn't really doing anything I was hanging mm, out. It's a different world. Yeah, it's like it's, a, it's like a different planet and yeah. different, a different language and everything. Um, so when I was, you know, of course, I naturally got clients on Instagram, but I would get I would have a lot of people reaching out for sales calls. And I would just be solving their problems on the calls. And then at the very end, it was just, they were like, do you have an offer? And I was like, oh, okay, I have this, this, and this. So I didn't have anything structured. So, so yeah, I wasted about a year and a half, not really moving uh, forward into my business, but that was about eight years ago. 
first, I want to give a shout out and send lots of love to all my listeners who have supported me with growing the show. And the way to grow the show is to share the show. If you could think about someone in your life who you believe would benefit from listening to the amazing women who I get to interview and the tools and approaches that I share with you on She's Got Drive that would help them transform their lives, then please find that person in your contacts and share an episode of She's Got Drive with them today. The other thing that I would love you to do is if you head over to iTunes and if you could rate and review the show, this is critical to having us grow the show and expand the She's Got Drive platform. Thank you so much. And let's get back to the interview. So in terms of the work that you're doing now and what your what impact you want to have, what is it? Like why 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 LinkedIn Black Belt? And why and why should I care? Like for me or any of my listeners care about LinkedIn, like why should we care? Why should we have our attention on that? Like what for for what? I think for me, the biggest focus, because when I first came into the online space, I had what you know we call imposter syndrome, right? And I also encountered a lot of people who are brilliant at what they do, but they're not great at marketing what they do. So they end up, obviously, we all saw the movie Hidden Figures. They mm-hmm. end up with the Hidden Figure, the best kept secret in their field. Right. And like I said, I have, like, there's something deep in my soul that I have for people who are they, they are exceptionally smart and brilliant, but they tend to get overlooked. Okay. Um, so that's kind of part of my mission that I help people who are not, they don't feel necessarily confident and they're brilliant, but they don't, they don't feel confident using their voice on LinkedIn or using their voice online. Um, I like to shift the perspective for them because I went through the same thing mm-hmm. so that people can recognize them for their brilliance. They can command higher fees. Um, and my goal eventually is to be able to help um, it will shift, I know it will, but to be able to help 100 women um, make um, 100,000 or more and as a revenue stream just on LinkedIn. So that's oh, why wow. 23, yeah. So eventually I want to add that million dollar mark in there, but for now it's uh, for 100 to build a, a six-figure revenue stream just from LinkedIn. Wow, that's a, what an audacious goal right there. If I'm listening and I'm not an entrepreneur, um I haven't got a, whether that be like my main hustle or my side hustle but I'm working in a corporate space like or I'm working in a foundation or like is there is there any value in me inputting on like investing my time on LinkedIn absolutely yeah for some clients even I help them to establish their personal brand I think outside of the workplace you because you, you do have a personal brand already right you should be able to control the narrative more than anything, LinkedIn is a wonderful global platform that will allow you to get in front of other professionals. Whether you want to build out your thought leadership brand, any other brand, I think it's important to make sure that you have those you know, footprints on the digital space. Because okay. whether you speak at an event or whether you meet people at networking events, more, than, more often than not, they're going to look you up on LinkedIn. Because if that you're is a true. professional, yeah. And if they look you up and they meet this person who is amazing, but then they go to LinkedIn and your profile has not either, it doesn't exist or it has not been updated for say 10 years, you're going to create confusion that creates distrust too. Right. Um, because right. you show up as one person, but when they look you up online, there's no consistency. So big thing to 
establish your brand and especially, you know, as we get older too and more established in our career or our business, stand out as a, a thought leader. That's also building your legacy for mm -hmm. generations to come because there's younger people that can learn from things that we've been through so they don't have to go through it too. True, true. I think, you know, one of the things that I, when I work with my clients who work inside of organizations and when they're thinking about their own career success, it's like we're often thinking about not just their performance, but their exposure, their image, and also thinking about their network. For most of the time I'm talking about inside of the organization or, or you know, I mean, like direct contact with people out in the world, right? Mm -hmm. But certainly that those principles can be applied in the LinkedIn space. And I think that's important, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're working for any, for a company, it's like, how do I get people to know about my performance? And that's my expertise and how am I building my own image and reputation? And what is it that I want people to be saying about me versus just what people say about me? Absolutely. And then the other is like, how do I, and obviously LinkedIn is about building out a an intentional network. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's also important now that when you say that, it's also important for people looking to move up higher in their career. Mm -hmm. As you start to use LinkedIn, there's this one woman, I can't remember her name, I have to get it to you though. She is um, a global VP at Target for external engagement. Um, she has built a wonderful brand on LinkedIn. But what she's also doing for diversity, right? So right. now she is showing up on LinkedIn Say if Target wants to recruit some top talent who are diverse, they can now go onto LinkedIn. And for a lot of companies, you don't have that. You look at the executive team and no one looks like them if you're attracted right. to attract diverse talent. So now they can, you can go on LinkedIn and they can uh, take a look at the people that are really building their presence on LinkedIn. So I think it also helps for someone if they're looking to elevate in their career once they build an audience around their brand, a company will see that as attractive. Because if you've already built an audience around your brand and the, the company is gonna to wanna to recruit you because you have this audience, you have this network that they can tap into too. So I think that's so important. How much work does it take to build up your, your presence and your brand on LinkedIn? Because it sounds like it could be a lot of work or a lot of time. So what does that really look like in terms of? It, I'm going to say it depends. I'm a marketing person. So I'm, <laughs> going, to say, I'm going to tell you it's, it's simple. It feels simple to me because I'm just showing up every day as I am. Right. But that's not the reality of everyone because we're worried. What will people say? What will my, co will my colleagues think that I'm showing off? Can I say something and not feel like I'm bragging, right? Mm. So I always tell people, if you're consistent, give yourself three months. If you're consistent, you don't need to spend more than 25 minutes a day. Um, you have to be intentional, right? Um, if you're consistent with, of course, building out your profile, that's the first step. Developing the right network, putting out content maybe three times a week so that network starts to see the, the um, content and then build an engagement with the right people. That's all you need. It could take maybe 30 days if you're really like focused, um, but within three months, you have this presence that people will start to rem um, remember you by if you've done it the right way. Well, that sounds a lot, but doable at the same time. Yes. You yeah. know, it's work. And for some people think, oh, where am I going to get 25 minutes a day on social media from move from scrolling to action is what I'm exactly. you know, I really, I know that about myself. I know that. And I'm getting much better at um, limiting 
limiting how much scrolling time I have on there because I'm like we that's where we lose so much of our time that there's it's available for us to redirect exactly. what we do with that time so yeah I say that if anyone's sitting there going I've got 25 minutes a day to do that yes you do right or yes minutes in the morning 15 minutes in the evening it's there yeah that's true yeah so it doesn't have to be like a block you can just split it up yeah true true yeah true. um and I love that it's a the the strategies are similar whether you're working inside of a company or whether you're working um for yourself right and right. or building up with building up your business so the strategies the strategies are consistent but the how how you show up and what you're talking about is where the shift where the what's different right in the yeah because it's, it's more about the person versus, and I don't think, you know what? I don't ever think it, it was really about the brand because, well, I guess it was, you know, when we think about mm. Coca-Cola and Dub and things like that. But now when you think about, and I get, I'll give an example of Microsoft. Of course, Microsoft has a company page, at least 7 million followers on that page. And of course, the chairman of Microsoft, he has his own personal page where he shares posts he gets at least 10 times more likes and engagement than the actual Microsoft company page, which in the, the Microsoft company page probably has at least 10 X of what he has on followers. Right. Um, so people really care about that man, the, the leader behind the brand. Who are these people that has built this amazing company that we hear about, you know, we read about in, in publications that mm. we see on, in the news. Um, so I think it's really excited when a company can really put their leadership up front because people want to learn all those little nuggets from them. Okay. And so when you, if, if someone's sitting there again, but I'm not, I'm not chair of Microsoft, I'm not CEO of Microsoft, but I'm, I'm just, I mean, people might little on me like showing up. So then what, what is it that they, what are the one or two or three things that you would say to them about things that they could think about where they could bring themselves to? To LinkedIn because you're still because like sharing going on there every day or sharing something three times a week that's quite a few posts so like what am I to think about what can someone be sharing about particularly people don't have that relationship to themselves like I've got something to give right and I used to think the same thing so you know that's why I always say when I first started out on the online world in the online world I didn't think anyone even cared about what I had mm -hmm. to offer um, but I've been in Oprah magazine, I've been in the New York Times, I've been in different publications. But I think as even as high achievers, we're like, okay, really no big deal. But then I realized when I used to mention things like that in the room, like wide gaps of people's right. like, mouths open. And I'm like, oh, I guess it is a big deal, right? It totally is a big deal. Like yeah, those but, are the things, those are the things that people think about. Wouldn't it be great if that, but never actually expect it to happen. Yeah, but everyone has that piece for them. So I always think about three pillars. And, you know, if we think about someone on the leadership side, what are some lessons that you've learned over? And every single week we're learning a lesson. Mm -hmm. so it depends on what your intention is. So for my intention too, and I never thought about it this way until I had people reach out to me. I used to share content um, on a regular basis. Well, I still do, but, you know, on a daily basis. And I started to get more people reaching out to me, like younger women saying, I look for your posts every single day. It's an inspiration for me to keep going. 
So you wow. never know who's paying attention. You never right. know this lesson that you have, you're sharing for someone who doesn't feel that they have a voice of how you recovered, how you've overcome, how you've made this shift. You never know who you're going to impact with that. True. Um, so yeah, I mean, just build, if you build out the right network and you put out content, it could be a content about lessons in leadership. It could be a post about what you're really passionate about, you know, kind of like your conviction marketing. I'm very passionate about people who are the best kept secret in their field. I'm, I'm passionate about them having a voice in the online space because they typically get overlooked. You know, so figure out what you're passionate about and just share that because there's always going to be someone who's going to relate to that. True. True. Reminds me of when I started the podcast and really thinking who is going to listen to this? You know what I mean? Like really thinking like, have I got any listeners other than my family listening to it? And then eventually, of course, you get more and more people listening, more people like reaching out to you and sharing with you like the impact that it's having. And you're like, oh, wait, yeah. So it's making a difference and it is having an impact. So I think you'll think you're right. And we've all got something to give. So I've been asking my um, guests during this time, like what's one thing that you've stopped doing or using during this time? And what's one thing that you would not be without as a result of this since the pandemic? So for me, since the pandemic, I have muted a lot of things. It's so funny when we talk about Zoom, you're on mute. <laughs> a lot of things because um, you know there's there's so many especially if we're on Facebook there's so many different views mm-hmm. so I have been unapologetic about unfriending about muting conversations and just really focused on having like a circle of people that I rely on the other thing is one thing that you would that you would not be without um probably I'm family I'm all about family so probably my family Although when the pandemic first started, this is very interesting. So I was um, an executive coach when they had the Black Enterprise Women of Power event last, it was last- In March, 2020. I think I realized it was serious when a few of the companies that typically, you know, the companies send their employees, they like Dell, they were like, no, we're going to keep our people home. Yeah, you know. So um, I want to talk about, so as this um, podcast, of course, we're the key part is like speaking to black women about their success and how they achieve their success. And, and I, I always like to start with a conversation around, around that subject, around how do you define it for yourself? So when you think about success, what does success mean to you? And, 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 and has that evolved and changed over time? Yeah, the, the very interesting, and it probably evolves uh, every few months and with different conversations that I have. So most recently I was speaking with someone and what I realized about successful people, and I think I've always been this way, but it's more of a success mindset than anything. You have no problem pouring into people without expecting anything back. So I think that's a true definition of someone who is successful, that they will, and not give and give that people are using you, but you give without expecting things in return. Um, obviously we have the, the wonderful things like, you know, the material things in the house and the memories, um, but true success to me is being able to just be, be to give back to others without expectation. I wanted to take a moment to share with you 
my gratitude journal, which is 30 days of gratitude, making every day count. It's a reflective gratitude journal for women. It's aimed to enrich your life as you go through the next 30 days. And the quotes and pieces of wisdom on each page are there to enjoy and to speak to you each and every day. The practice of gratitude is there. The aim of this journal is to help you to develop. This is a daily practice of focusing on things in your life that you appreciate. The simple process of writing down three things that you are grateful for every morning allows you to start your day in a positive place. When you start a practice of gratitude, it can have such a profound effect on your mental, emotional and physical well-being as well as an increase in the happiness in your life. The practice of gratitude has been scientifically proven to improve our sleep, our relationships, our sense of self, and our mental well-being. And also in the journal, there's a practice of daily setting daily intentions. When we set daily intentions, it can support you with setting a pathway for each day. Setting your intention will give you focus, setting you on the right direction for the day, And with daily intentions, you are more likely to take the action and have the state of being that matches your intention, leaving you with a feeling of greater satisfaction with, with you achieving what you want in your day. The power of intention is a focused mind. So the 30 Days of Gratitude, Making Every Day Count is available on Amazon.com on the She's Got Drive Journals page the link is in the show notes so click the link it's like six dollars something like that and then take on the daily practice you will see that i've already started to post my daily practice on my instagram page so you can do it together so order your 30 days of gratitude making every day count um, and let's see what positive effect it can have in your day and how did you come to that I was just speaking with someone and they offered to do something for me. And it made me think back to a lot of successful people in corporations and that I've met online and they all have those same qualities, Mm. Um, especially on LinkedIn. I I recently connected with someone who he's affiliated with a very major brand. And he, he just said to me, and I've had this conversation before, and this is a lesson in make sure you ask for what you really want. Right. Um, he said, if there's anything that you want, reach out to me at any time. And I don't know what I, you know, you're not used yeah. to, I don't know if your, your audience is like me, where we're used to figuring things out on our own, or we're used to handling things on our own. Right. Um, so it's a lesson in being okay with relying on people and asking for things. But yeah, that's, that's something I realized with a, a lot of people that I've spoken to, uh, you know, throughout life or LinkedIn, that's one trait that's similar to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of like a generosity of spirit that kind of is what kind of comes to mind as you speak about that. Yeah. And so when you think about your corporate career and where you, where you got to, and then now, what is it that got you there? And you said you were in, in corporate for 20 years, did you say? Yeah, 20 years. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, and then you and then you left. So, and I want to come back to like the leaving, the point of leaving, but what is it that got you to kind of keep moving forward in your career, in, in your corporate career? Or do you feel like you reached a ceiling that you, you know, that had you think I need to leave? Yeah, I, I get to a point and it's not, you know, we, we hear so many horror stories within the corporate world. I, I wasn't treated badly. I was, I was actually one of the top earners um, uh, within the company. But one thing that I don't like is being bored. 
Right. So because you know something so well, and that's probably what I enjoy so much about this entrepreneurship piece that I'm in, uh, because we're doing the same things over and over again, you tend to just, you know, if you can close your eyes and do it, it's probably time to move on. Right. Um, and there was, there was really no other, you know, it was not like there was a, uh, the next level for me to go within the organization. So I could have went somewhere else, but something happened where I realized I'm meant to use my knowledge and my insight to help others mm. um, who are not, you know, they don't have the corporate dollars. They have, obviously they, they're going to invest in themselves, um, but they don't have million dollars a month to spend on ads. Um, so that's, that's something big that happened that made that shift for me. And then when, when you, one, one of the things you said earlier was how it was, it was a difficult decision mm -hmm. to leave. So if you can talk us through that, that time and that process and how did you make the decision um, to, to, to go? Yeah, so even though I was bored, it was, you know, we, um, as humans, we enjoy something that's comfortable, right? Yes, totally. Um, yeah, exactly. So like I said, I've had uh, businesses in the past and never, not like I knew about business, I always had something to fall back on. So this was something different. I was leaving altogether. And I'm the type of person, um, you know, I had people who are so excited. They're like, oh my gosh, you're so ambitious. You're so bold. You're this and that. I didn't think it was a big deal. And I remember the third, what becomes a big deal anytime I've left organizations is handing in that uh, two week notice. I don't know why that's the scariest thing for me, but maybe it's just a, you know, it's a final release, right? So I think that makes it hard. And I think most people, for anyone to move on from, where they are now to where they want to be, mm -hmm. it's being able to let go of those things that they're comfortable with. So that's really what happened uh, with me. And then I remember the Thursday, the week prior before I was going to leave, I started to have, and I don't, I don't have, I don't think I have panic attacks, but I was just like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Um, so I called up my friend and I was like, okay, suppose I don't know how to do pay, you know, payroll. Suppose I don't know how right. to do Suppose I don't know how to do that. And he's just like, you know, this is guys, they're very logical. Uh, just hire someone to help you. That's all he said. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, so yeah, uh, that was, uh, it was a, it was a hard decision because it was an easy and comfortable um, right. I was in, right? right. Uh, but I just knew that I was meant to, meant for more. Yeah, I called that the fuzzy rock, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Really is. Uh, you know, you're not. It's not meant for you anymore. But you can't. It's so comfortable. You're like, oh, I could just keep hanging out here. Exactly. But it doesn't serve you. Right. It doesn't serve you. Um, and it's even a harder transition too, because we're used to. We go in the office. We have something specific to do. It's laid out, and we do it. Versus right. here, if you don't have the motivation and dedication, then you're going to put things off forever, which is never a good thing. Right. And the other thing I think what, so if you think about entrepreneurship and your movement to entrepreneur, what's the most challenging thing for you about it? The most challenging thing initially I could say is uh, staying motivated. That's okay. why they said, what do they say? Motivation's just like, they say, taking a shower, you have to pump yourself up every single day. So when people talk about the why, I think, and I think even as a career professional, having that why behind what you do, that's not necessarily family, right? Um, but having that why is going to be the thing that keeps you going. 
Mm -hmm. um, so knowing that maybe you're halfway towards your goal or you see some traction or there's this milestone that you see that's going on. I think that's so key because yeah, the motivation, sometimes you can just, you don't feel like it. Yeah. It can be tough sometimes. Um, what's your, what's the thing that you love about it the most? I think I, for me, it's more helping people. Um, and it's interesting when, um, you know, we, we see people share their wins. For me, my win is just like, oh, okay, yeah, I've done that. But when a client uh, has a bright breakthrough or when they do something different or where they get out of this fear that they couldn't go live before, mm -hmm. that, that keeps me going, that motivates me. So being able to shift uh, perspectives of how people once thought about things, those are the things that keep me going. Okay. I'm wondering about... Um, where the, where people source their success from and and like where's it rooted and i think about maybe our upbringing and the messages that we got when we were younger or in our family i think about um the kind of different experiences that we have along the way that have that help facilitate success later in life i'm curious about for you where do you think your success is sourced from? I would say it's, yeah, definitely for my parents because they never, and I don't ever remember that, oh, you can't do that, right? I've never, even like today, and I share this on social media, um, I think I was trying, uh, I went and went to cook leek soup. I've never cooked it before. Okay. I shared a picture with my parents and my mother's like, you can do it, you're Deborah Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, I would imagine it would be, you know, not like we remember childhood that much um, at that right. level, at least. But yeah, I would imagine it's my parents just always uh, letting me know that I can do it. Because for me, I understand whatever I set my mind on, it's going to happen. Right. And that feels like it's always been like that, or it's been like that for a very long time. Yeah, it's so always been like that. And yeah. are you, are you one of, are you one of how many kids in your family? Three. Or Three. Are you, and where are you're the youngest. Yeah. So I think the youngest mindset too, is if we want something, we're going to eventually get it. Right. Right. Yeah, so <laughs> that might be right. part of it too. Right. Yeah. There's some, there's certainly something about when you're the youngest, have, I'm the youngest in my family. Okay. You certainly benefit from being the youngest, you know, and from the experiences by then your parents have tested out their parenting on I others, right. On the other kids as well. And, um, and we certainly benefit from that, from that experience. And we get away with stuff. Right. Now, are you the youngest and the most responsible? Um, in different ways. I okay. think I, I think, I think we all have a responsible gene, mm -hmm. but in a different way. I okay. think I certainly am the one who's moved furthest away from home and everything. I think I've, I think my adventure gene okay. came from being the youngest I think I think that has a that allows you to expand play more maybe you're right I think I'm you know yeah when nothing there's no fear behind a lot of the things that we do yeah it's just like oh if it's present it doesn't stop you from the action I think it's not that I don't I haven't had fear in some of the decisions that I've made and the choices I've made but the playing big or the testing things out or going for it is feels bigger than whatever the fear is you know exactly. and that kind of has that's the kind of bigger driver for me yeah. so yeah and I think that's something about the kind of 
I mean, I had very strict parents. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it wasn't like, yeah, go out, do what you like. It was not like that at all. No. But, no. It, but I know the reins weren't as tight as with my eldest elder sister. You know, I know that it's it, the reins were loosened in terms of what I was able to do and what she was able to do, right. and and the kind of conversations that I could have and get away with. You know, they're the same. Do you have Caribbean parents? I have Caribbean parents. Me too Jamaican. Uh, from Dominica. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah, so we know Caribbean parents don't play. No, they don't. <laughs> they do not play. What do you appreciate about? your Caribbean parents and what is it the thing that you're like mm, I wish you didn't do that right so I can tell so structure definitely structure you know like we did the every Sunday we had the Sunday dinner we, we pretty much ate together every single yeah. day then you had the big Sunday dinner yeah um, structure and then negative structure <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yeah so I can give you an example. The funny thing, so I'm the push. I'm the. Um, I don't necessarily think I'm a rebel, but the pushback kid. I remember for prom time, my parents were. You know, you have to come be, be back by twelve. So I said, I'm not going to the prom. <laughs> I didn't go to my prom. Why? So, because because of the time you had to be back by. You had to be back by twelve, and most people you're leaving at like ten p.m. Right? You're leaving to go there at ten. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's one of those cut off your nose to spite your face, which yeah. makes sense, of course, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. that's funny I'm wondering if you think about what drives you what what really keeps you moving forward what's the thing that's your biggest driver for me right now I would say in the business is being able to impact as many you know lives as possible mm -hmm. um and you know I have I'm not necessarily um you know, I'm not necessarily one that always talks about impact, but I think that would be nice. Like, I think that would be nice to have people remember me for the work that I've done. And it's not necessarily right. from a selfish place, um, but being able to help people to, you know, from the impact that I have on others, they're impacting others too. Um, right. So yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that drives me because I can't really think of other things besides the house that I'm going to have in Costa Rica. <laughs> um, but yeah, the big, the biggest thing is just being able to um, do the work that I actually love doing, and it feels easy for me. I'll take the house in Costa Rica as well. <laughs> um, yeah, and the, and that those things come inside of the commitment that you have to people, right? Exactly. The other things flow out of that, uh, yeah. that kind of bigger kind of purpose and passion, and yeah, especially as a black woman. Mm -hmm. um, we don't see a lot of our success stories. There probably are there are success stories maybe in the background, but we don't see a lot of that online, um, you know, living out loud. So I'd love right. to be able to be that example because there are a few people who have followed my journey. They're like, yeah, I remember when you never even wanted to go live before. Um, so I want to be that example for others to be able to see. And the good thing about the online space, you have that. You can go back and you can see. You you'll, you can either either tell someone. You can you can easily tell someone that yeah, you know, three years ago I was definitely afraid of speaking in public. I was definitely afraid of even doing podcasts, um, you know, interviews. So you can tell someone that, and they may or not may not believe you, but they can go back three years and they can and see then find it. it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yes. see how horrible you are on Facebook Live. So things like that, it, you know, that's a cool thing.
I'm wondering, because like one of the things for me, like I talk about doing lives and so on, but I really am reluctant. I am a reluctant participant in the live, going live. I see particularly with the pandemic, I saw like so many people start to go live and I'm like, I should do that. Like, And I say to my listeners, I'm going to start doing lives. And I know listeners, you're like, oh, she's going to start doing lives. And then I don't, you know, I just like, and so in full disclosure, it's because of my discomfort of like going live and what am I saying today? That type of thing, like, versus if I'm in a conversation with you, of course I could talk, of course I can share. I've got a lot of experience and knowledge and work with people all the time and supporting them. But like that thought of like, I'm going live every day or I'm going live three times a week. It's like, it feels yeah. like a, a big leap for me. Um, and I join you with the thought around like having more black women showing up in their greatness. Mm-hmm though is i mean that has been the gift of social media right that's been the gift of being able to see black women in a way like prior to that you just didn't see them you know you just couldn't you relied on mainstream media to give you crumbs basically like the odd image at the front cover of a magazine yeah and now to be able to have access to all these amazing Mm. people is phenomenal and I wonder what difference that just that alone makes to our younger women for example our younger people um you know or the cross-section of not just uh, the cross-section of people what's the impact of seeing seeing black women showing up in that space yeah Exactly. And especially showing up. The thing I love about LinkedIn, it's, you know, showing up unapologetically because I remember when, um, this is maybe like five years ago, I have a friend who works in the, um, she does, uh, she's in the corporate world and, you know, I'm having a conversation about eventually doing some LinkedIn trainings in there. And, you know, for me, I'm like, I wanted to wear my braids. I said, what do you think about that? She was like, yeah, I don't really know if they're ready for that. Um, so now it's everything mm-hmm. different, right? Where people are showing up as themselves. And one thing that I make sure that happens, like when I go out and about and I see a little girl with her fabulous natural hair, I'm like, oh my God, your hair is so beautiful. Because if any other person is telling her opposite in school, I want to make sure that she will, and I'm sure her mother's telling her too. Yeah. More people to see those images of, you know, women who are doing their thing with whether natural hair or whatever, right. um, that that's okay too. So, um, yeah. I love that. I think I'm going to take that on. You're going to take because you're right. I'm going to take on sharing. Like when I see, I mean, occasionally I do, but really be intentional about particularly when you see young, young girls and women, like, cause, cause the messages around them are are majority, not that, you know, there and whether it's in the said or the unsaid, you know, it isn't always that someone says something, but they make their, their, their views known about what's quote unquote acceptable or not. And so I really feel like I love that you take that on and, we need to be reinforcing those messages all the time because exactly. it's big. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm wondering if about um, one of the questions that I always ask is about a courageous moment in, in my guests' lives mm-hmm. because we all have them, you know, we all have moments in our life where, it feels like there's something feels insurmountable and we might take an act that's for ourselves. So we might take the action on behalf of another. And I'm just wondering what's a courageous moment for you. I think my most 
courageous. Well, one of the, I should say, one of uh, my courageous moments was definitely leaving that 20 year, it wasn't, you know, 20 years in one job, but the 20 right. year to just start over from, because essentially starting over from scratch, not having a source of income and trying to figure things out on my own um, in this online world that wasn't comfortable. Right. So I, that was when I think back on it, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, did I really just give up, you know, this, this level of income and life that I have to start all over? But yeah, that's um, very courageous. Um, another big one would be, you know, when I left there, because Atlanta and Florida, two different worlds, two different cultural mindsets, um, leaving Atlanta to um, work for the company in Florida. So. And so would you, given that you could work anywhere, mm-hmm and live anywhere is this where you want to live and then you talked about the house in Costa Rica is that where you want to be living or is or is this where you're going to stay yeah so yeah I am at a point you're right I move around so much it hasn't been I've been in where I am now 10 years but the thought of packing says no <laughs> but when I when you know when I get my house in Costa Rica, I imagine me uh, maybe six years, uh, uh, sorry, six months out of the year. Right, I'll live there. Um, because the funny thing, when I moved to Florida, I always said I'm going to live by the beach. Um, but then you know I was like, yeah, the commute to work that's not going to work. But yeah, now that I'm you know doing my own thing, right. I would if I'm living by the beach, it's going to be on Costa Rica. In Costa yes, Rica. yeah. It's lovely, love it. I and mean, that's the power of the work that you've chosen to do, right? That it gives you that flexibility. Questions I, I ask my guests, and then we kind of we're moving towards wrapping up is, is a piece of wisdom that we you may have got from your mama, like I call it the what mama used to say, mm-hmm. or a guidance from an elder, an elder woman in your life something that's kind of stayed with you and guided you. Um, and I'm curious if there's anything that stands out for you that's stuck with you. Yeah, I have, I have my mama stuff, but I'm gonna share one thing that I think even we as women may not do that one person told me. So when I bought my home in Atlanta, I'm guessing that I may not have uh, even um, asked for enough because, and the way that happens in Atlanta with the mortgage, you go to a, a, a closing attorney, you go into their actual office. Mm-hmm. So before uh, we wrapped up, he said, I want to share something with you. He said, um, ask for whatever you want. The worst that you could hear is no. He never explained why, of course, but right. I feeling it's because the negotiation wasn't, you know, the real, I wasn't served well. So that was one piece of advice, which was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm from the New York area. So when the New York, uh, yeah, the New York Knicks came into town. This is when they were actually good. Um, they were playing the Hawks. I called up his office. I said, listen, this is the youngest child, right? I said, um, I think I remember if I sent an email, I said, you told me to ask um, if there's anything that I want to ask for it. I'd love to have uh, floor seats for the Knicks and Hawks game. He actually got me floor seats. Oh, wow. Wow. So yeah, I think that's such great advice because the worst that someone can say is no. Exactly. But yeah. how how little do we actually be bold enough to to make the ask? I think you're absolutely right. Oh, he is absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it's not the first time that I've heard that, but I don't live by it necessarily. Do you know what I mean? I think you're yeah. right. Like as women that's so hesitant to make requests 
or make bold requests yes bold because i think that's why i can hear this like the the boldness in your request right and the straightness in your request yes is what i hear in that as well yeah because it wasn't just tickets to the basketball game it was front floor seats (laughs) right yeah don't put me up where i'm I'm up in the top where i can't see anything Yeah, yeah right so um so what's next for you where are you heading what's the What's the future looking like for you? What's it as we move towards closing? It's all about, you know, I, I am told that I need to be more intentional about splitting my business and personal life. But for me, it's all about the fun of growing my business. Um, I mentioned I have that academy that, you know, um, I'm growing and mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, I really want to build it out into like a world-class school. So I'm super excited about that. So that's next for me. And then, of course, our, our next interview or call, if we do one next year, hopefully, would be in Costa Rica from my beach home. Yeah, <laughs> she's going to be in Costa Rica, and I'll be your first guest. Um, and so, if anyone wanted to get in contact with you, how would they? If they, um, I'm all over LinkedIn. If they do, go to LinkedIn. They do hashtag the LinkedIn Black Belt. Mm-hmm. Find me. They'll find my content, or they can just look me up, Deborah Ashley, on LinkedIn, on Instagram on Facebook, but LinkedIn is where I spend a lot of my time. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's been really, really lovely catching up with you and hearing more about you and getting to know you. I appreciate you so much for spending the time. Thank you. Um, with us. So much. Yay. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. Well, I loved a lot about my time and my conversation with Deborah and particularly I suppose one of the highlights was our you know sharing about being the youngest child but that doesn't often come up in the podcast um but to know that sometimes where we our experiences we grow up and where we are in the in the order of our family in terms of the order of arrival shall we say really you know influences the things that we do and maybe don't do in life and um and for us to kind of share some of those experiences was like was quite quite cool and you can see why deborah has a way of being that really motivates and encourages people to step out and go beyond themselves and to achieve achieve um their outcomes so you can see why you could just hear it you just hear it she's just so there's such a vibrancy in her being so do check her out on the LinkedIn Black Belt and um, obviously on LinkedIn Uh, and let me know what you're taking away from the show and what's inspiring you in listening to She's Got Drive you can always contact me through my Instagram page or through uh, my shellymcalpine.com forward slash contact me my website um, and let me know what you're getting and, and what's showing up for you or any questions that you might have for me reach out to me so She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome or female band Blonde. The song is called Circles. Until next time, go well and stay well. <laughs> <laughs>